0: Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy uh, coming to you once again uh, with our program, with this podcast today. We want to welcome all of our listeners. Uh, we want to thank you for sharing this time with us. at such a critical time, whether you're tuning in for the first or second time, third or fourth. We are delighted that we can share the word of God together. I want to uh, encourage all our listeners uh to get your Bible and, op- and open up the scriptures, the scriptures with us. This is such a vital time, and I would say in the history of mankind. This is such a vital time. Let me say that again. This is a vital time in the history of mankind. Today, uh, I was reading yes. the news on CNN, India's uh, prime minister. Is that Narendra Modi?
1: He was yeah.
0: a yeah, right he completed uh he ordered a complete lockdown and look at this for India's one point three billion people on Tuesday. you heard that correct India holds i would say about one fifth of the population of the world is being asked to lock down and he said something that that was powerful uh that shook me he said warning that many families will be destroyed forever. That's what he said. And if, that, if the country didn't get a grip on its coronavirus I- outbreak in the next three weeks. So Modi said the lockdown would start at midnight local time and it would last for a minimum of 21 days. And isn't it interesting, Brother
2: Brother Jeremy, isn't it interesting, how, and Brother Fernando, how many times we're hearing these... Uh, midnight. these uh, <laughs> Yeah, these midnight. officials across yeah. the world use that term, midnight. Is God talking to his people or what? Go ahead.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> whether they know Absolutely. it or not,
2: right? <laughs> whether they know it or not, brother, exactly. You know, and... Which, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have... Which what, what you just said, whether we know it or not, that is a principle of God, whether they know it or not. Remember when Caiaphas and all them got together and, and Caiaphas stands up and says, it's better for one man to die than the whole nation should perish. And then, it, and then yeah. John goes on, I believe it was John, he goes on to say... Hey, uh, he didn't know what he was saying, but this he said that the scriptures might be fulfilled, right? So we see a principle there where leaders can speak things not knowing what they're saying, but it alerts the people of God that know the scriptures. I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: Oh no, that's good. Brother oh no, good it's, it's been hap- it's been happening a lot. You're hearing political leaders uh, proclaiming things uh, unknowingly that, that that are prophetic that are coming about in our time. So it's happening a lot.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. That's that's why the scripture teaches us, if those who have ears, let them hear. Right. You have to have spiritual yeah. ears and and eyes. And this applies to all of the India's 36 states and territories. So this is a 1.3 billion people being locked down, and it's going to get even more. But um, my, my point this morning is this is this lockdown is is happening for a purpose. And while yes, it is to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. My, my question is, why is God allowing it? And, and, and really, this is a time, this is my point that I want to make to those that are listening. This is a time, as, you are, as we are on lockdown, this is a time for you to draw closer to God with your families. As we have been bringing this out in, in our previous podcast through the story of, 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 of the exodus of the people of Israel in chapter 11 and ch- in chapter 12 of exodus, you know, this is the time when we are to inspect the lamb, eat of the lamb, put the blood of the lamb in our doorpost. And all of this is symbolic for us today. So studying the word of God together, not just with us as you're doing today, but on your time with your family, I believe is the most important order of the day. More than anything that we do throughout the day as we are locked in is to be in the word, to be praying to be listening to what God is saying in this hour. So uh, we're so glad to be with you today. And um, before we go on, we have a panel also joining us today is a young man, Jeremiah Estrada, is here with us. Would you greet the people and, and tell us what's in your heart?
1: Yes, amen. I'm excited to be here. Um, it's a privilege and an honor to be here opening up the word with you men of God and uh, really just uh, proclaiming what God wants to say to his people today and i'm excited to get into the bible study today and i hope to all our listeners that uh, they continue to grow spiritually through these podcasts
0: amen yeah. amen do you have any words for this generation today <laughs> young generation <laughs> how we get in love with jesus christ um
1: you know there's a lot of a lot of craziness that goes on uh and there's a lot of different the mentality is kind of different I think for my generation, Um, you know, I think they don't think they don't take things as seriously. And uh, a lot of what's going on is a serious matter. And God is giving them and extending to them mercy because he's giving them a chance to really turn to him in this time. And it's really up to them to what they do about it. But I know that we here, our panel, and also those of you that are true believers in Christ have been placed on the earth for such a time as this to really proclaim the truth and to really let people know that he's coming real soon.
0: Yes. Amen. Amen. Also joining us today is uh brother Fernando. It's always good to uh share the word together, my brother. You know, yesterday as as a uh, as we did the podcast, you you made a statement at the beginning that that, that I think needs to be said again and you quoted uh evangelist uh, Billy Graham something he said that um if God does not judge America, he's going to have to (coughs) apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And that was a very deep and profound statement you made uh, yesterday concerning uh, what uh, Billy Graham said, Evangelist Billy Graham. And uh, so tell us today as you greet the people, what's what's in your heart?
3: Amen. Greetings in the name of the Lord. Uh, It's, again, a privilege and honor to be here amongst you uh, men of God and Absolutely, I think uh we are at a crucial time in our nation um and the sins of our nation have reached the nostrils of god you know and 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 the very presence of god um with with the sins of homosexuality and um you know uh abortion. I was just reading an article actually early this morning uh with my wife and and I was reading where some lawmakers from certain states are uh, are are not allowing abortions to take place. Think about that for a moment, because they want to give way to coronavirus patients. So so they want all hands on deck, doctors, beds, uh, machines that'll be needed, or, or and tools for surgeries um, for to be used to to combat this virus. But I think it's it's a telling sign, right? Uh, that God is trying to get our attention as a nation. Hey, you know, I'm sending this judgment your way because I've heard the cry of these children that you're killing in the womb and even outside of the womb, right? Yes. So it's 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 a it's it's a, a situation where we have to wake up. And what's I think what's at stake here going forth is we were talking about it before the uh, the podcast is. What's what's the mindset of the nation and the world as they're seeing these things transpire? You know, many are in shock, many are bewildered, many are really just don't care. You know, and many are are turning to the Lord. But going forth, it's 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 what's the mindset of the nation of the world as we head towards what the Bible says is coming. And we know that the spirit of the age is moving and is uh, uh, pinching this world and is making this world a lot smaller. It feels that way, right, Uh, where no one's immune to the things that are taking place around the world. This is a global thing, right? And we know uh, that the Bible speaks that the man of sin is, uh, uh, is, is ready to appear, right? So that's where we're headed and and I think those are the, some of the things that we'll be touching on as the Lord leads. Um so, yeah, I'm excited about that. Praise
0: God. And it's important to our listeners to understand uh, I know there's a lot of podcasts out there and good ones, you know, trying to explain, you know, different perspectives. But we want to be clear what we're trying to do here with this podcast is really to present the events that are taking place with a prophetic, uh, to, to see it through a prophetic way, through the way the Bible, using templates and, and parallels that we see in the word of God, because God is speaking to our nation. He's speaking to the preachers. He's speaking to the blacks, backslidden church. And, and I think it's very important. This, this is what makes this podcast a little bit different. We are here to speak to you from the word of God. What is God saying about this? Yesterday we had a powerful, powerful uh, podcast, Brother Marty, as you brought up uh, the question uh, that God asked Amos, what are you seeing, right? What are you seeing in this hour? And I want you to take it from here, Brother Marty, greet the people and and, and begin to share what God, I'm excited about today, about what God has for us and share what God has uh, put in your heart as we will, uh, we're here, amen.
2: Yes, it's good to be with all of you and all of you that are listening and that will listen uh, in the days to come. We're going to be coming to you today from John, uh, the ninth chapter. Uh, As we were talking before the broadcast, we were discussing the, you know, the the big picture always has smaller sub pictures, if you will. And it is important that we not only look at the overall huge thing, but also understand the smaller components that are, are within them. In order to to get a fuller picture and a fuller understanding of exactly what's transpiring, I don't think that those that are discerning uh, can uh, can 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 any longer deny that this is what is taking place around the entire planet, uh, an act of God, if you want to use it that way. I don't believe that God sends uh, or, or is is sending death, but I do believe that He is allowing it and and as a result of that we have to ask ourselves the question what is it that god is saying to us all because the whole planet is being spoken to and in our discussions over the last several podcasts we have been uh we have been focusing on many and varying things but in the last two we came down to begin to focus on that very issue what is god saying to us and we discussed as it were uh the uh, the irony of the fact that even the very houses of of so-called worship, the doors to the churches have all been shut, and it is a very symbolic thing that 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 the people can no longer go to their houses of worship, um, that the doors have been shut. And so there are, there were those early on who who thought it was an act of faith to stand up and resist that. But but again, remember in the time of Jeremiah. <clears throat> when he stood up and gave his prophecies of the eminent destruction of Judah, there rose up false prophets who told the the people not to listen to Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, if you resist what God is doing in an act of judgment, you yourselves will find yourselves uh, slain by the sword. In other words, the act of judgment that's coming upon you for the very sins that you have been committing over generations, over time, he said. The, The time comes, like Amos said yesterday, as the Lord told him, I will no longer pass by Israel in other words uh, there comes a moment when the sins of God's people reach to a point where he must act or he cannot justify himself uh, as it pertains to the ungodly now whether people are willing to recognize that or not or whether they are willing to acknowledge it or not it doesn't matter because the false prophets did the same thing against Jeremiah telling the people don't listen to him And and Jeremiah said, if you listen to me and you submit yourselves under this act of God or this judgment that's coming upon Judah, you'll be safe. So the people that listened to Jeremiah, they were safe. The people that stood up like the false preachers in our time and and tried to rebuke that word, they ended up losing their lives. And so we're going to see two types of messages come forth and already are flowing uh, across this nation false prophet saying that we can simply stand up and bind this thing and send it off the shores of america well uh good luck with that because what god is doing i believe <laughs> what god is doing i believe is literally speaking to all of us it's not just them it's us remember what it says in, in chronicle 7:14, right which everybody likes to quote and they shout about it in the church of my people which are called by my name well just before that uh, I was watching a video by a young brother by the name of Natali a couple of days ago, and he included the 13th verse, which you never, ever hear right. included, right? <laughs> and and it really hit my heart. I was like, oh, man, that's good. Because the 13th verse, it talks about locusts. It talks about famine. It talks about pestilence, right? He says, on the sword. And he says, when these things come on your land, he says, if my people, not the world not the pagan nations around you, but if my people, which are called by my name. Well, the United States claims to be a a Judeo-Christian society. It it claims to be uh, called by the name of God. And so God is speaking to the nation and saying, okay, open your eyes and realize you've got a pestilence not only walking through the world, but walking through your land too. Uh, and, 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 And so he's saying, you who are called by my name, if you will humble yourself. Now think about that because what we see is the exact opposite. I saw yesterday they had some kind of a conference call with with 400 of the leading pastors across the country. And that, yeah. uh did you hear about that? And yes, and yes. they had one of one of their representatives stands up and he begins to pray and I I saw what he prayed or read or heard someone quoting what he prayed. He 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 prayed this. He said god turn our nation around and it sounds good on the surface but what i saw was and what i hear is wait a minute that's not even the right prayer right it's not god's responsibility to turn the nation around it's the nation that needs to humble itself (laughs) and admit it it needs to be turned around right what what do they expect god to do he's trying to turn the nation around Right? He shut the doors to your houses of worship. What are you thinking? He's trying to get you to reflect. He's trying to uh, wake us up. Right? So that's how they were praying yesterday. They still don't get it. But God says, My people, at first, if they will humble themselves, that is an act of first admitting that I have been full of pride and that I haven't been walking as God wanted me to. As a matter of fact, He connects the 13th verse, which speaks of the sword, of the locust, and of the and of the plague or the pestilence, he, he seems to link it directly with that, with the fact that the pride of his own people has caused these calamities to come upon them. This is the thing that the, that the backslidden, compromised church uh, doesn't want to admit to itself, that the way that they have been conducting themselves for decades now, for decades, uh, has brought about this condition that we face now. When, when God deals with a nation and he deals with his people within the nation, when judgment comes, it comes as a direct result of the people failing to live according to the principles which he has set forth in his word. And what is the hardest thing for many people right now, and we're early on in this thing. Despite what the officials are trying to tell you and what the Fed is trying to do with the economy and all the stuff they're trying to do right now to make this thing go away, it will not go away until God says it's time to go away. Now, listen, what the, what the church has a hard time, because that's what we're dealing with in these last several podcasts, what the church has a hard time dealing with in this country is that it is a proud, arrogant, backslidden, compromised system. It will not admit that to itself. And until it does, it cannot even begin to hope to see the Lord heal its land. He says it requires first an acknowledgment of your pride, your arrogance, and and your your shamefacedness that you just don't have. You know, you just stand there arrogantly and boldly proclaim that you're rich, increased with goods, and that you have need of nothing. So he says the first component is you have to humble yourself and that requires a deep introspection. So while it's a horrible thing that's taking place, in a way, it's a good thing that's taking place if we can see it, because he's literally shut the people in their houses and and they're gonna have to deal with themselves. You're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna run out of Netflix to watch and <laughs> And old games on ESPN or whatever, you know that's what they're trying to. I mean, that's what they're trying to do, right? I mean, they're trying to build themselves. I'm talking about the church now. I mean, they, 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 what do I do? Oh my God, that you don't know how to be alone, you don't know how to get quiet. The humility is broken into a heart when a person truly, like you quoted yesterday, brother Fernando, like brother David, uh, prayed. King David prayed. When you said sacrifice and offering, you know, you, you, you don't want or I'd give it to you, but a broken and a contrite spirit you will not despise. Right. And, and David said, make me to know wisdom in the hidden part. Right? right. Renew within me a right spirit created me a clean heart. David was revealing uh, uh, his repentance and what he had become and didn't recognize that he had become. And this is where we are in the condition of the modern church. It doesn't recognize what it's become. It thinks that it's okay the way it is. And as a a subsequent result of this, as you started out talking about Brother Billy Graham, saying back in the 50s, if the American church didn't repent, then, I mean, get judged by God, then God would have to, you know, apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. That was the 50s. My God, what would he say now? You know, I mean, the, the 50s look like a, uh, you know, a, a kindergarten class compared to the master's degree in sin our country has now, my God. You know? so, oh, so, right. So, so he says you have to humble yourself. And David gives us the parameters by which that is accomplished. It's the acknowledging that my mind is not thinking right, you know renew a right spirit within me, uh, created me a clean heart. So he's revealing a divided heart that once was, and, and it's a heart of sin that needs to be cleansed. All these things are processed. And while we have this time, it is vital that we, every single one of us, truly, truly examine our hearts and ask God, am I humble before you? Have I been humbled before you, or do I walk in an arrogant way unbeknownst to myself? That's why David goes on in Psalm 51 to say what? Make me to know truth in the hidden part. You know, like that preacher preached yesterday, God bless him. I, I know he's trying to do the best he can, but he's so in error by what he said. He said, God, turn us around or make the nation turn around. It's not, the, it's not God's responsibility to do that. It's ours. And David doesn't speak as a nation as a whole. When you see the great prophets of God praying for forgiveness in the scriptures, I'm thinking about Prophet Daniel. He says, oh, God, we have sinned. Right. I and my oh. father's house have sinned, right? He draws the intention to a self-introspection. And that's what David said. He said, make me, not the nation, but me to know. Uh, wisdom in the hidden part so he's talking about process he's talking about allowing the holy spirit to begin to dig into the deepest recesses of our spirit that can never happen if you're surrounding yourself and wasting your time with all kinds of distractions uh you know inundating your senses as your spirit dies and longs to connect with the lord so the first thing is what if my people Will humble themselves, right? And then it says, and seek my face, right? Is that how it goes? I'm just, i no. just,
3: uh, right. Yeah. My people, which are called by my name, yeah. So which are called humbling by my face. name,
2: will humble themselves. Let me look over there real quick, because I'm just going by memory here. I don't want to mess it up. But, <clears throat> uh, Marty, but the as, Marty, as you look,
0: yes. as you look for that scripture, there's, I think the problem too is that people do not understand how depraved and how far we have fallen remember the psalmist yeah. says that god looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and any that did see god and it's amazing because remember when judgment came to sodom and gomorrah it is the lord that said that because of the cry of sodom and gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous I will yes. go down now and see yes. whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. Whenever I hear that, it, it makes me cringe. When God has to, when you know the, the 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 verbiage that that He uses, when God has to get up and come down and see for Himself, that's a very dangerous dangerous thing. Judgment. It has to come like you said in the beginning. It it has to or else he, he's 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 uh he's righteous. He has to
3: come and deal yes. with the sin of our nation. You know, Absolutely. and uh I think I think Brother Marty this pride that uh you you say that is in the church today really um went to another level. Um uh, I just flat out say it the moment this president took office. My goodness. Um yeah. the reason yeah, the reason being, um, and again, nothing against the president, we're praying for him that he'll make the right decisions, but the preachers saw it as an opportunity. Um you know, the church basically said, Oh now we have one of ours in the White House. Yeah. You know, he has the same conservative values we do, and then the preachers began to get invited to Washington. And then they begin to proclaim to the congregations and telling the, the congregations, oh, we get invitations to pray at Washington Capitol Hill." They saw that as a, a form of revival. So when <laughs> I know right, the na- right. So <laughs> when we come to the nation and tell them we're not in revival, we're actually under judgment. They'll turn around and say, "How can you say that when we mm-hmm. have an open door to Washington D.C. and, and, and mm-hmm. in, in a way we can." kind of direct the nation back to God, which is really a a, a false doctrine, a kingdom now doctrine. Kingdom now. That, that, yeah, that's, that's really er- erroneous um, because the truth of the matter is the Bible says we're going to wax worse and worse, right? Yeah. The love of many will wax cold. This thing is getting worse. It's not getting better, right? right. But this false hope that we have this open door to Washington, the preachers of America, is giving the people a sense of false hope because they're like, wow, look, you know, this, we got our country back. It's under conservative control again, and we're going to make sure them liberals never take over. So so that has developed a prideful, uh, uh, uh attitude in Christians, right? And it's really the yeah. leaven of Herod that Jesus warned his disciples about, which is uh, trust and political power He also warned them of the Lebanon of the Pharisees Which is a religious spirit That they that he warned them about But the two are coming together Right? The, yeah, the, the yeah. religious powers and the political powers And again You have to understand who is counseling Our president The religious uh, leaders that are counseling our president I would say most of them If not all of them Are false prophets
2: Yes, they're of the hyper charismatic movement you know even the 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 woman,
3: that, say that. the
2: woman that yeah and the woman that was appointed to the president uh to be his chief spiritual advisor now is going to make a bunch of people out, out there mad but i don't really care uh <laughs> that is completely out of order to begin with that is not biblical order it is it is right. it is it, it flows from the man to the woman down it flows from god to the son to the man to the woman that's scripture but the very spiritual advisor of the president is a woman who's been married three times and had an affair with one of the leading healing evangelists in the charismatic movement. They got caught over there in Rome a few years back. I don't know if you know the story. I'm not going to name names, but everything is out of whack. Everything is out of biblical order. And, and like you said, it is very true that what we saw the church do is, is, well, think about what happened. Okay. We went through eight years of a previous administration and during those 8 years some of the most uh the most progressive ideological uh cultural right. uh norms uh were uh not norms but cultural uh what used to be foundational to the culture in its in its uh in its government so to speak of the people themselves in the realm of morality and and and, and the like all of those things began to be stripped away over an 8 year period And you had one of the most radical leftist, ideologically driven globalists in the White House that we have ever seen. And what ended up happening was a divide began to grow, and it deepened over the eight years between the political right and the political left. Somewhere along the line, because of the backslidden nature of the leadership within the church, it sought to join itself to a political movement. Rather than, yes. the, rather than the word of Almighty God. The people of God are always meant to be separate from the culture and from, uh, from politics. Remember the Apostle Peter in the book of Acts and even all the disciples after the G- Jesus had rose again, they were still concerned after the resurrection uh, with political power. They asked That's the true. Lord at that time true. in the book of Acts, right? They said, will you at this time now Uh, restore the kingdom to israel right Right. and and so they were they were still they still hadn't really uh, got it you know that the kingdom that is being built is not a kingdom that will be among men for the glory of men but it's a new heaven and a new earth and a new jerusalem it is the kingdom of almighty god when jesus said i go to prepare a place for you he went to prepare the new city the new jerusalem and when you read the book of revelation it's that kingdom that will be coming down out of heaven and shall rest upon a new earth it is there according to the scripture that god's children will will have right to the tree of life so forth and so on but you're absolutely right so when we come out of this eight-year period you have a church that has backslidden and has begun to join itself to political power and and as a result it elected a man Who's our current president? Who doesn't claim to be any kind of a born again believer? He simply right. is a, pra- a pragmatic uh, professional who understood one of the greatest vehicles of assistance to the power I'm seeking to attain will come from this untapped uh, voting block of, 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 of working class, uh, you know, establishment religion kind of people. They have over the last eight years felt so ostracized that they have been primed for this next move yet not recognized. And that is that I will make wow. them promises and they will place me in power. This is the spirit of the age. This has nothing to do with God, but God is always in control in the sense that no matter who takes power, uh, his his will, his purposes, his counsel stand sure. Many things have mm-hmm. emerged out of those things. But we, you know, that might be for another show, but, 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 but another show, another podcast. Uh, we're trying to avoid the show, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so, we,
3: have enough, show. we have enough of that. We have enough of that on. Yeah, enough that,
2: of that, right? right? Bring out the hill song singers. Ah, no, I'm
3: kidding.
2: <laughs> 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 uh, Lord help us. No, seriously. So, you know. Um, you know, th- that's for another podcast. We could actually break down what I think transpired prophetically, because what we began to see immediately was they began to identify these false prophets. The president was Cyrus, right, uh, which is a, which was yeah, a, yeah. A, a king of Persia, actually, and and they began to take scriptures out of context and apply them to him. But the fact of the matter is, is that out of this has come an expansion of. Of, of of land in israel but also a proclamation of jerusalem as its eternal capital which it is right however right. when the christians got so excited those leaders over there they began to join themselves to ultra orthodox uh, rabbis in israel and began to work together with them but don't you understand you who have done such things that the scripture precisely says that there is coming an abomination of desolation they don 't agree with your Jesus; they look at you as an opportunity to do the one thing that they 've been clamoring to do for the last two thousand years, and that 's to rebuild a third temple in their ideology. but Jesus warned us that that third temple that 's going to be built, and it won 't take very long i 've heard others say well we 're not even close to the end times because the third temple is, isn 't isn 't built well y- you don 't know what 's actually taking place under the temple Mount, so forth, and so on that 's for another time, but listen. It it won't take very long to institute sacrifice or to institute the kind of Levitical law that they want to do. So while the evangelical community was rejoicing that we actually proclaimed Jerusalem the capital, in their ignorance of the word of God, what they were actually rejoicing about is that it is quite possibly now that it has opened the door further for that wicked one that Jesus proclaimed would come and create an abomination of desolation, which was spoken of by the prophet Daniel.
3: Brother Marty, so Brother all, Marty um, yes, yeah, you're saying some. I want the listeners to really understand what you're saying right now, because <clears throat> when whenever you know the president declared that Jerusalem was the eternal capital of Israel and moved the uh, um, uh, moved the, uh, the the capital from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Um, You know, everybody raved about it. You know, this is setting up the framework for blessing to come back to America or to return to America because the Bible says, I will bless those who bless thee and curse those who curse thee, right? Um, Yeah. But but, so what you're saying is if we understand Scripture, what this really did is set up the framework for the, the, the Antichrist. Because we know that where Israel is headed, it is headed to a great deception. Correct? The greatest deception. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. Yeah, I I thank God that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel again, but where all this is headed is headed towards the greatest deception of mankind. Right? It says, I came in my own name, but you received me not, Jesus said. But there is one coming in his own name. And him you will receive. So
2: that's right. And what's the,
3: what's the, what's the, 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 was Jerusalem becoming the capital of Israel again a blessing? Or is it setting up the framework for what the Bible says is coming in the future?
2: It is exactly what you just said. Yes, it is exactly. And that is where, where because we have scripturally illiterate men in pulpits across the churches whose messages right. don't even deal don't even deal with the prophetic scripture which in itself is an indictment on the church system because it is said in the book of revelation that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy revelation 19:10 right the right. scriptures are prophetic even when Jesus rose from the dead and he walked on the road to Emmaus remember the two men that he walked with it says that he began at Moses and the prophet and began to reveal all things that were written of him, right? So even when Jesus is resurrected, what does he turn the attention to the two guys walking on the road to Emmaus to? The prophetic scriptures. He doesn't come and preach a, your best life now sermon. He doesn't come and tell them, okay, you all need to give me an offering and you'll be blessed a thousandfold. No, he begins to turn them back to the, uh, the, the writings of the prophets And to enlarge the scriptures for them and and so my point is is that he deals prophetically with these things and 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 the reason that people don't get it like you were just talking about is because their preachers have have no clue what the prophetic scriptures teach even though the scriptures tell us that that is exactly what we should be paying attention to especially as the lord is is drawing near now remember in Zechariah uh, to just keep in, in and we'll go back to seven fourteen uh, so we can finish that out, but in Zechariah he says in the last days, right he says he's going to make Jerusalem a cup of trembling,
3: right a burdensome stone right,
2: yeah, a burdensome stone, a cup of trembling and and so so what we know from that is it's quite the opposite, rather than the Christians dancing in the streets and going over to Jerusalem and suddenly. And even that scripture that they like to quote, which you were just saying, they quote, you know, I'll bless those that bless you. Well, that don't look too good right now, does it? Right, right.
3: right. right. So
2: something's something's wrong. Right? If that's the case, if, if, if now we're having this prosperity party, which we did. I saw the president yesterday, as a matter of fact, completely like disillusioned going, gosh, it was just a few weeks ago we had the world's greatest economy, breaking records of wow. all sorts right? he doesn't even get it and so and so you know the church they need to be held accountable for those things okay you went and put the capital in jerusalem and here's this prosperity and that's why it's happening wait a minute it looks a little different this side of march or you know this later date of march here all of a sudden everything's crumbling so what what god meant by i will bless those that bless you has to be taken in context with what jesus said concerning father abraham because he spoke that to father abraham jesus said abraham rejoiced to see my day right and i will bless those that bless you right in other words i will bless those who understand that because of you i'm coming and my day is coming in other words my kingdom is what and those who focus on On that kingdom, they are the blessed, not the kingdom on earth. Now, (laughs) I know that's out there for a lot of people, but think about it, and and the Lord give you light. So when that happened, what we actually see is that rather than jumping up and down and shouting at the fact that we moved our embassy to Jerusalem, the discerning saw and understood, wait a minute, this is a prophetic event, but not like you're saying. This is a prophetic event that should alert those that understand the prophecies that now the framework has been created th- for that wicked one that shall come. That's what you were just quoting, one's going to come in his own name. These orthodox right. rabbis, they don't love they don't love the Lord. They're looking right. for the opportunity to to reestablish their Levitical priesthood. As a matter of fact, it was during that time near the Feast of uh, Dedication or Hanukkah last year was it? or the year before last in 2018 uh, at Christmas time, remember they brought out a brazen altar and they, and they set it up in a park on the side of the Western wall there. And they offered sacrifice and everybody was like, "Ah, oh, look, they're getting ready to rebuild it. And I was, I was upset because I was like, that's an abomination. It is the cross mm-hmm. that has become the last and the final sacrifice. And so when they brought out that, right. that, that, that right they brought out that altar and began to offer sacrifice on it you're witnessing already they're headed toward the abomination that makes desolate so the question That's is correct. do you have right do you have eyes to see do you have ears to hear god's people do now let's let's finish up over here at 714 so we don't leave the people hanging because remember when this and this wasn't the direction that we were planning to go in but the spirit of the lord has led us here listen second chronicles 714 and entitled this podcast if you if you don't mind, if my people, right? If my people. Now listen, it was in that night, after Solomon had dedicated the temple, remember? That right. the Lord appeared. He appears to Solomon. It says in verse 12, and the Lord appeared to Solomon at night. Whenever you see night in the scripture, it is a it is a prophetic metaphor. It speaks of of, of dark and foreboding time. When God appears in the night, it is because he is prophetically speaking in a way for he that has ears to hear. So it is incumbent upon us to then dig in by the Spirit of God and see what prophetic implications these kinds of appearances uh, have to us. Now, he appears to Solomon by night and he says to him, I've heard your prayer. I've chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. So he says, I've heard and I've brought my presence to your nation, right? Basically is what he's saying. I heard your prayer, King Solomon. Here I come. I'm going to fill this temple with my presence. And then it's really interesting because he goes immediately from that to verse 13 and says, If I shut up the heavens, that there be no rain. If I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, If my people which are called by my name. It doesn't make sense. There has to be a deeper (laughs) meaning here.
3: Right.
2: You just have have this greatest, you know, (laughs) know, dedication ceremony. The cloud comes down. Priest can't even stand to minister. It's been seven years in the making. And then he shows up at night and says, okay, I'll, I'll hang out here in your nation. And then he immediately goes to judgment. Okay. What do you think? Let's look at it and apply the lens of it to the United States. This has been the greatest, blessed, most blessed, prospered nation on the face of the earth in the history of the planet as far as we know it, right? Ever. There's never been a land that flows with milk and honey like this. Ever. There's never been an economic engine like this. Ever. There's never been a freedom given to humanity like there is in this nation. Ever. And And it is as if God came and we even sing songs about it right god shed his grace on thee right oh beautiful for spacious skies for amber waves of grain for purple mountains of majesty above the fruited plain right uh, he says oh. he says uh, america america god shed his grace on thee and that's the songs we sing right and that's what he that's kind of what happened to solomon's time you know they they prospered they were they were glorified but what did solomon do I believe that the reason God appeared to him at night was because it was very reflective of what would be the actual unfolding of a Solomonic uh, rulership. He would marry other wives. Mm. He would build temples to demon gods. He would corrupt the land. So while he starts with the glory of God, when he finishes, he's got a land full of idols and idol- uh, and 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 demonic temples to foreign uh, uh gods and wives that he married in in absolute disobedience to what the lord had commanded him to be like and what his father david before him see america has evolved out of prayer in a session and and holy and righteous people who were endeavoring to come to our country in order to to seek God and to have a land where they could freely worship Him. All the way back into 1642 or whatever it was, uh, over there in the Chesapeake Bay in Virginia Beach, uh, there's the account of how they came and they planted the cross on the shores of Virginia Beach and dedicated this land from from north to south, east to west, to Almighty God. When the nation was uh, conceived and became a nation, and was dedicated in 1789 by George Washington, uh, he, he prayed a prayer from the original capital of the United States, which ironically was New York City. And he dedicated it there at, at Trinity Church, as Brother Khan and his research so beautifully pointed out to us, and there he made the prayer. And he prayed, which would later become, ironically, years later, the place of ground zero, right? He prays this prayer, right. and he, de- he dedicates the nation to God. And and so America began in a covenant relationship with God, and God indeed heard the prayers and put his presence upon this country, just like Solomon, who came out of a generation uh, from a father, King David, who was a worshiper and one who is even included in the book of Matthew where it says, Jesus Christ, the son of David, right? I mean, that's how highly right. how highly awesome David was. So Solomon was born out of that. But remember the pattern, because King David came to the throne through much trial, through much tribulation. He experienced much war. He was highly anointed. But when he finally came to his kingdom and the kingdom was consolidated under his power, he erects a tabernacle to God, and he institutes the greatest uh, peacetime that they had ever seen. David is a foreshadow in type and measure, if you can see it, of the great fathers that we had before our generation who actually sought God. They weren't perfect, but they knew how to get a hold of God. David wasn't a perfect man, but he knew how to get a hold of God, and that's why God said, this is a man after my own heart. And so he is a worshiper. He is quick to repentance, and he seeks to obey God with all his heart. Well, this is what the modern Pentecostal charismatic churches were born out of, these kinds of people. That brought a blessing uh, forth into this nation, uh, even as King David did, and so their children, however, as we come into the you know the 21st century, evolved into starting out with God, but then gave themselves like Solomon did to wives of the pagan nations, if you will. It has become mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. idolatrous, the most compromised. And I believe that's why the houses of worship are shut. Because Solomon built temples by marrying wives of the heathen nations. America's churches became corrupted when they began to, to loosen the, 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 the morality and the precepts of the word of God and begin to impose their own interpretation of it and begin to remove themselves from the convicting power of God. Solomon started with a cloud coming down into his ministry, into the temple and into the nation. The United States began to prosper and grow in 1906 when the Holy Spirit was outpoured and came down into this nation. And we saw the greatest expansion of the greatest nation coming out of World War I, World War II, of the most prosperous people on the face of the earth. But as the church began to evolve, it began to become corrupt. It, it grew fat. It grew lazy. It began to lust for other things. It began to join Incredible. itself to other gods and other temples, if you will. And it has polluted the land. Remember what we were talking about yesterday in, in, that Prophet Amos revealed when he prophesied against Amaziah, that false prophet? He said, you're going to die. Your wife's going to become a harlot in the city. You're going to have no legacy. Your sons and your daughters are going to die. And, you're, and the land that you die in, he says, it's a polluted land. And that's exactly where we see this country right now. It's a polluted, defiled, spiritually now I'm talking about, it's a spiritually defiled land. And that is why I believe that God appears at night, because it is it is a foreshadow of what Solomon would do. Because when he shows up and says, I've heard your prayer, and I will place my name here, uh, he says, he immediately goes into verse 13 and says, but if I shut the heavens, If i send locusts upon you if if the pestilence comes it's really crazy it shouldn't be that way so we're seeing there's a greater significance here of what indeed would happen what are the three things that he said would be indications of god's judgment coming upon his people number one is i shut up the heaven that there be no rain we know that the rain is a type of the holy spirit right Rain on me, Holy Spirit, right? All those songs we sing. Right, right. You know, the showers of the Spirit. I'll give you the early and the latter rain, right? So the first thing that God begins to do to try and get the attention of the people, always the people that are called by His name, is He removes the blessing of His Spirit. That is representative in the natural in this particular passage of Scripture by the rain. I will begin by shutting the rain. Now understand this. The shutting of the rain does not does not— translate into killing people (laughs) they may thirst but they're not gonna die right i mean so he begins by saying i've removed my presence or the reign of my spirit or the blessing upon your land and that's what began to happen to america the the reign of the spirit began to be lifted because the people began to compromise his word and to live in a way that was not pleasing in his sight so the first thing we saw was the removing of the presence we began to see that, if you will, in my opinion, that is, as we entered into the into the uh, the late 70s, early 80s, even the mid 80s, some of the greatest ministries on the face of the earth at the time had morphed into this thing where they were actually living a completely compromised and hidden life, though proclaiming themselves to be something right. else to some of the people, right? And and what was the characteristic of those ministries? They were charismatic and Pentecostal, right? which is supposedly the, the the people of the spirit right so it,
3: it's what so, it says it's what it says it's what it says in the days of solomon that took place in the 80s it says of solomon and his fame spread and i got right? it that's good that's what happened that's the right. they became famous for yeah. their houses Right. yeah go yes. ahead brother. again I, another yeah, another became, characteristic Another
0: characteristic of, of not having rain is that it produces a drought. So spiritually, we have been in a drought very from the good. presence, from the true word of God. Yeah.
1: No, you know, another good. another characteristic as well would be, um, you know, as we're talking about how the church has, has gone away. And you said something, Brother Marty, you said the church grew fat and their eyes yeah. kind of grew dim, kind of like the way Eli was, the high priest. Yeah who he was there, and he, the Bible says that he was, that towards the end of his life, he grew fat, and his eyes grew dim, and the Bible says there was no open vision at that time, and and we see the Lord comes to Samuel at night, and begins to tell him, hey, I'm going to judge the house of Eli, I'm going to judge for, for what he's done, he says, the Bible does say, he says, no atoning sacrifice can be made to pay for what Eli and his sons have done in the temple, and, and that's the, you know, (laughs) Yeah, and, and the our glory and the glory of the Lord
3: departed.
2: Yep, Ichabod, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because what? Remember, that's good, Jeremiah. That's powerful because it, it, along those lines. Now, remember all those examples that you gave. They, they are exactly those are all metaphoric foreshadowing of the end time. Their 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 historical narratives are true. But in the stories themselves, they also proclaim a future fulfillment in a much larger context as it relates to the prophetic scriptures. So when you're talking about Hophni and Phineas and Eli, it is an in-time church. It is a, a fat, blind priesthood that produces children that are sleeping with the women in the house, right? I mean, they're getting drunk. They're sleeping with the women in the house. And mm-hmm. and the and and the offspring they produce from those women, which are like false churches, is Ichabod. Right, the glory has he, departed. Right. Very good. So he shuts up the heaven. There's drought. Excellent. That is exactly what has happened. How many times have I heard over the last several years? We just try to go to church, but when we do, we find nothing. Nothing. It's just dry. It's dead. We hear more about money than anything else. There's like the bowl, the bowling league Thursday night, Friday night. You know, we're taking the youth group to the movies. I mean, really, really? <laughs> Sorry. But I mean, that's what they do. You know, you get yeah. a better cup of coffee than you do the word of God. I mean, something's really wrong. So, so he shuts up the heaven. That's what he's saying at nighttime. He says, if I shut up the heaven that there be no rain. So that's how he began. Which we've, which we, you know, we could go at length ad nauseum into this, con- comparing all the latest, you know, from the 80s all the way up till now, what is actually, you know, flushed out in what purports to be the church, but it's really the false church. The second thing he says, if I or if I command the locust to devour the land. Now we could talk about all the other things going on around the world, but let's just focus on that as it pertains to our nation, because that's what we've been talking about. What are locusts, right? They come and they devour every green thing. Isn't that right? They eat every green thing. But in a spiritual sense, that is what they're designed to do. Again, it's God trying to get the attention. He begins to attack the economic system. And also, he begins to allow them to come and devour the land. We have seen a systematic devouring of all that is good, of all that is green, of all that is pure and holy. And he says, this is the second phase when, when the drought produces the locust. The drought produces the locust that devour. And then he goes on, I could go on into that, but we were running out of time. So then he says, and this is the third one. And what we're saying by the Spirit today is this is where we are right now. If I send pestilence among my people, if that happens, he says, you know it's my hand the three components right the rain the locust the pestilence we've seen all three and we're experiencing the third one right now a plague has has swept across the united states it is yet to be what it's going to be we're just in the early phases of this and try as they might this will not turn we will emerge from it but it's going to be a completely different looking country and a completely different looking world and so when he says, but if, when these times, and that's what I wanted to, (laughs) that's what I felt in my spirit, because we've been talking about some really heavy things, right? So over the last several days, I don't want to oppress the people and just say, well, forget it. There ain't no hope, right? No, because (laughs) there there is hope and that hope is always found in acknowledging what we've done. But unless we do now, you can do this on a private basis and you'll be cool. Right. But, but we're we're looking at a whole nation here. I don't want nothing to happen to the people. I want these preachers to repent. I want them to get on their face and remember why it was that they even came to the ministry to begin with. I want them to care for God's people and feed God's people and encourage God's people. And for goodness sakes, could you at least mention Jesus once in a while? Because they don't. Yeah. They don't even talk about it, right? So. So anyway, so he says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, that's what we started out talking about. It's going to require a humility. It's going to require an admitting that we haven't been humble. And that's what you were talking about, Brother Fernando. They've been walking around flexing their political muscles, right? We're in control. We got the power. You know, it's the economy, man. We're gonna. Trump's going back into office and, you know, I hope all these Democrats, you know, die and go to hell. I've heard people say that stuff. You know, this is insane because it's always them and they, and you know, but it, could it be us? No, we have seen this lack of humility. Now check this out. If they will humble themselves, it's an individual thing that produces a collective result. The next thing they need to do is pray. That is something that (laughs) (laughs) when you say pray in church, I mean, you know, you might have a thousand on Sunday morning, and then you call a prayer meeting on Wednesday night, and three people show up, right? You know, because and and then that just basically shows you how, the lack of strength that you have in your prayer, in your church. But but he says there. The, here's the next component. You you have to humble yourself. Number one, admit where you are, and it literally means to bend the knee. You know, to 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 literally go from your high horse and 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 to humble yourself and and submit to the guidance of the Lord and and admit to him. The the act of humbling. Now, I want to talk to people about this. We're talking about interpersonal relationship now with the Holy Spirit and what America needs to do right now more than ever. They need to humble themselves. They need to admit what we've done as a country is absolutely insane and that God is dealing with us. I don't know if they will or they won't, but that don't matter who does or who don't. That's what I'm trying to do every day myself. And and I know you brothers are and and others around the country who who want and and recognize uh, what God is doing and who want him. To, to to heal our families, heal our lands, heal our communities. Maybe, like he said in the book of Joel, if the priests will humble themselves between the porch and the altar, it could very well be that he'll leave a blessing behind. I don't think that's going to happen, but that doesn't preclude every individual person within the sound of our voice who loves the Lord from doing that themselves, and they will be protected by the blood of the Lamb. So humble themselves and pray This is something that is not a prayer that we throw up to God or occasionally when I, you know, look at my little uh, devotional calendar scripture for for the day. And that's my depth of my spirituality, right? I don't know. He's saying the kind of prayer, the kind of prayer that is necessary is, is the prayer to him and then takes it deeper and seek my faith, a seeking a humbling, a praying, a seeking. It is the progression. The humbling takes us to the prayer. The consistent, diligent prayer to God brings us to the seeking. You can't get to the seeking without the humility. You will never pray without the humility. And you'll never begin to seek unless you begin to pray. Seek my face. Nothing else. Turn off the TV for God's sake, even for an hour if you can manage it you know turn off your stupid uh, playlist from your ipod or whatever it is man i mean unplug and seek his faith we're talking about life and death matters here this isn't just some inspirational sermon you know we're actually talking about life and death here and the very nation is at stake as a matter of fact the church itself is at stake right now so he says pray seek my face and then what turn in other words you've been heading in one direction turn from what? Their wicked ways. So we see that the components that God is revealing why the heavens were shut, why the locusts came, and why the pestilence is among his people is because they weren't humble, they weren't praying, they weren't seeking his face, and they were all up in their wicked ways. My God, that's why it came. And And then he says, if you'll do those things, then will I hear, which implies that he hasn't been listening to anything they're asking him for, right? (laughs) He said, you want to come to me? You want to come to me and you want me to hear you? We're at the point, he says, where you need to do this, right? Humble, pray, seek, and turn. Then I will hear from heaven. And he reminds us just how high and lifted up he really is and the God that we're dealing with from heaven. He says, then I will forgive their sin, their sin. Because it was their sin that shut the heavens, our sins that shut the heavens, our sins that brought the locusts, our sins that we now have a pestilence roaming the entire length of our nation and the world. He says, if you'll do these things, I will forgive you. I will heal your land. That is what we are trying to say. If my people. And so let us, you know, as we enter this Passover season and we continue these podcasts, we're going to get deeper and deeper into these things. And what we need to do is return to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to come to the cross, the foot of the cross, to confess our sins, to admit where all of us, collectively, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Confess our sins and he will cleanse you and ask him to help you to turn and to walk the the path that his word illuminates, especially in these prophetic times. Can you finish off brothers?
3: Amen. Amen. And then uh, I was, I was thinking, uh, you can, you can close the pastor. Uh, just want to read this verse to the people. Some people may be saying, man, you know, brother, Mur- brother, brother, Mar- uh, brother Marty, brother Fernando, uh, Jeremy, Jeremiah. Um, it seems like God is just requiring and asking for everything. He's stripping us. And the truth is, that's that's what he requires. You know, the apostle Paul said this, uh, for that very reason he said, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. God is requiring everything from us. See, the devil will tell you what you'll miss out on if you come to Jesus. I heard an old preacher say that, but he'll never tell you what you'll gain. (laughs) He'll never tell you what you'll gain and what, what you'll gain his eternal life. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 Uh,
0: Brother Jeremiah, any closing words?
1: Amen. Just uh, continue to remain in prayer and remain in the word and continue to let the Lord uh, root things out of our hearts that don't need to be there. And I pray that all the listeners out there, they're blessed by this, but at the same time, you know, they use this to reflect on, on their spiritual life and their condition and and really turn from their wicked ways and call upon the lord and if they do that the bible says god will answer them and god will hear them only if they repent and bring forth fruits worthy of repentance so to all the listeners i really just want to encourage you just to just to take a time to analyze where you're at what's your condition and let god deal with you amen
0: amen Amen. It's a it's a, it's a coming to the Lord, you know, as as Brother Marty read in Second Chronicles, we must humble ourselves. And and one of the things that I, I've discovered, I know in, um, and I'll leave you with this in Psalms nineteen, uh, in the prayer of David in verse twelve and verse thirteen, he asked the question, he said, Who can understand his errors? You know, we're incapable of even understanding ourselves just how far, you know, we can be away from God. But he says, Lord, cleanse me me from even secret faults. There's things in our lives that we may not even know that are hidden. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to search us, to search our hearts, to search those hidden places. And then he says, keep back thy servant also. From presumptuous sins, these are sins of pride, let them have, not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from that great transgression. You know, we cannot yeah. even draw close to God if he doesn't draw us near. And, and that's got to sure. be our prayers. God, draw me near, as that song. Draw me near, 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 bless the Lord, to the cross where thou has died, to that bleeding side. And, And God is here to hear your cry. If you're honest with yourself, if you allow the Holy Spirit to search you, he will show you things, and he will draw you near to him. And let me tell you something. We all need him more than ever before. And we need to draw near to him. This is more than saying I'm sorry. This is just more than just being shameful for being caught. No, 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 no. This is a repentance a turning around from the way that we've lived and getting closer to God. Would you join us today in prayer? Father, we thank you today for your word as you have led us through the scriptures found in Chronicles. Lord, that you are looking down on us, Lord. You are looking down on your people, the prayer of Solomon, that if my people that are called by my name to humble themselves, turn and repent and turn from their wicked ways. God, you are still the God of mercy. And that's what we appeal to you as a God of mercy, a loving God, a God that still forgives. There's no sin too big for you, Lord, that you cannot forgive us all. Father, as you draw us closer to you, Lord, help us to have a sense of urgency. Help us to feel, Lord, and to sense, Lord, the the gravity of our sin not just of our nation but as us lord as a church we have failed god lord and i ask you to draw us back to you lord father i pray god that as these podcasts go out throughout the airwaves and and people listen that they would sense lord a sense of 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 conviction a sense lord of god is speaking to us he's given us an opportunity there is still a window of opportunity for us to come back to you, Lord. Father, we pray. We pray, Lord, and we ask you to forgive us, Lord, the sins of our nation, Lord, to forgive, Lord, the sins, Lord, of our pulpits, Lord, that have failed, Lord, to declare what thus saith the Lord. I pray that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would show us, Lord, what we need to do, Lord, in this hour, God, as we find ourselves, most of us in our homes with our families, that we will take full advantage of what you are telling us. And to, that we take this advantage to be able to get closer to you, Lord, in your word, in prayer, God, seeking your face, Lord. This is the time, Lord, that we must apply the blood of the Lamb upon the doorpost of our homes, Lord. Lord, we praise you and we thank you. And as this next coming days or hours, the things that will take place, I ask you, Lord, to protect your children, Lord, and we ask you this, and we ask for blessing upon all the families, all those that are listening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We pray that you have been blessed and that you will be able to share this with others and listen, listen with others and share this, what God is saying in this hour. May God bless
2: you, and as we like to say, keep looking up.